Whether you're an aspiring music business professional or a seasoned vet, every Thursday, the Music Business Podcast brings you the trends and tactics from some of the world's most innovative minds in music. I'm artist manager and consultant, Jordan Williams. And I'm Sam Heisel, co-founder of the music marketing and content production agency, Knox. We're not teachers. We're entertainment industry professionals, drinkers, wannabe comedians, and most importantly, fans. Welcome to the show. Yo, what's up, Sam? What's happening, Jordan? We haven't had a host chat in a while. I'm kind of excited about it. I think I think you and I not only have um, had experiences ourselves during the coronavirus and you know during our careers that we haven't covered, but also we've just learned a lot from guests recently that I think you know probably have impacted your career. I know it's impacted mine, and um, I just want to do a quick debrief on marketing. I've gotten a lot of I got a lot of um, you know pings from independent artists, surprisingly, that are just starting their careers and asking me you know what are the first steps that that we that you know are necessary in order to get that momentum going in the very very beginning of your career i know, I know we covered a good amount with some of the people that we've spoken to but um this is a very niche topic because you know a lot of the people that have reached out to me they've they've uh you know they haven't even released a song yet some of them so um i'm really excited to get into this deep dive today especially through the view of Knox, um, because this is something that you do for a living every single day, hours and hours a week. So I guess before we get started, it's been a while since we've had a host chat where we kind of talk about Knox. You know, since since then, you know, at that point, at this point, it's been eight months since we had a host chat to, to kind of discuss, you know, Knox's mission. I guess how has it changed over time and, and what are you guys, you know, what are you guys focusing on right now? Yeah, for sure. Well, excited to bring back the host chat. It's uh, always fun to do these deep dive conversations. So, I mean, Knox and what we're focused on now, I mean, I think it's interesting. I think the the mission is still largely the same. I mean, I think that the mission is to try and help artists and create an unfair advantage in breaking artists. So the way we go about doing that is by helping artists grow and convert, grow and convert their fan bases online. So uh, a lot of that is by creating content, helping run their social accounts, helping run ad campaigns, helping broker influencer partnerships. So I think the the general objective has remained the same, but I think ultimately um, it's marketing that is always ebbs and flows across different platforms and different tactics. So we're always testing things. We're always trying to stay on the cutting edge as far as what's working and, and test out different platforms, different uh, growth hacks, if you will, to, to make sure that we're constantly able to really accomplish that objective of growing and converting fan bases online effectively, like how we were running paid media campaigns uh, has changed a lot. I think in the past year or two, you've sort of seen like influencer shout out campaigns in a lot of ways have become very saturated. And, and to a year, two, three, four years ago, like Jordan, I even remember when you were working with EQT and we were, I was running a campaign on Musical.ly before they were even acquired by TikTok. Yeah. Yep. And now, now yep. like every major record label is spending uh, in aggregate, hundreds of thousands, if not millions or tens of millions of dollars on TikTok influencer campaigns. So it's there are, there are these like mid-tier influencers that might not get hit up as much as these like major influencers. But generally speaking, that's just a testament to the fact where it's like you got to skate where the puck is going, not where everybody is. If everybody's going right, you got to go left. Whew. So I think that's... Damn. Yeah, yeah. That's where we're Stay trying to where the puck is going. Yeah, damn, Sam. Yeah. Got him. <laughs> got him. How we rolling I now? You, 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 I saw you. Wayne no, Gretzky you out here. Now, <laughs> no, no, no. I All jokes aside, I think right that's now. 
So I think one of the things that I found to be the most interesting and learn from Gary V plays exactly to that point. So Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, he really calls it underpriced attention. And I mean, when I was, I was fortunate to, to work with him and he'd started a division inside his ad agency, VaynerMedia, where he was kind of replicating what he had done to grow his personal brand. So uh, we were working with other entrepreneurs, musicians, and deploying a lot of these different tactics to help build up um, personal brands and audiences online. And Gary was always framing things in regards to underpriced attention and trying to go where there was less competition. So uh, he was a very early mover on TikTok. Uh, I mean, even Gary, like he built a massive audience on YouTube and Twitter when those were still emerging platforms. And now right. for TikTok, when he saw a lot of trend and momentum there, he started spending a lot of time and attention on TikTok. So I think underpriced attention is should be at the foundation of kind of when you're thinking about marketing strategy. Like, yeah, there's priority platforms. You know, in the episode with Chaz, from chart metric, you spoke about like the holy trinity of like social platforms, or you have like Spotify, YouTube, and Instagram. Those are definitely super high priority. But if you can deploy a tactic and go to a place where there's not as much competition, that's a very, very smart move. So I really encourage doing so. So I got two questions based off what yeah. you just said. One is where do you think there's underpriced attention right now? Where where do you think the puck is going? I guess, uh, according to your analogy, and two, before you even get to the point of deciding where to put your attention, what should you be thinking of as an artist? And, you know, I can put in my two cents here, uh, just about your brand and about your narrative before you even start to get that online presence. And how much should you even care about it before you start? Or should you just start? You know, um, I get a lot of questions of why, you know, at, at what point does it make sense for me to kind of roll out a campaign on social media or should it be more organic or should I start pumping ads immediately? So what are the things that you, so one, where do you think the puck is headed? And it could, and it could be still TikTok, you know, cause TikTok is a burgeoning platform. And also what do you think are some things to focus on even before you start getting your feet wet and, and figuring out where that puck is going? Yeah. So I'll start on the side of the, um, yeah, where to like focus on in general before, diving into the underpriced attention. Cause I think there's just some like fundamentals where you really want to channel your focus right. where it's like, you got to get dialed in on those fundamentals before you can start working on like the, the, the backspin and the, the, right. It's going <laughs> to take you from like 90% to 95%. So right. focusing on getting from like 0% to 90%. I'd say those, I kind of break it into like four overarching areas of focus. Um, they all work hand in hand. I, I think the first is like, narrative. I think before you can even really start marketing yourself, you need to understand exactly what you're marketing. What makes you unique, both about your sound as well as your personality. I mean, if you think about artists, I mean, and what creates fandom in general, it's, yeah, there, people have to like your product and the music, but a, a lot of the connection and, and the fan base really responds and resonates with like the artist as a person and their personality. So I, I think you really got to get dialed in on what is your narrative, what makes you unique, um, you can't try and please everybody. So it's more important that you can create a narrative that's going to resonate with the, the people you're specifically after rather than trying to like be everything to everyone. So I'd say start by trying to get dialed yeah. in on that narrative. The yeah. next thing I think is, is on this bucket of content. I think you need to be very, you need to create content. And uh, I think content across different platforms, this goes for like releasing music, but this also goes down to social content, YouTube content. I think this is how you're going to build a fan base. This isn't rocket science, but a lot of people just aren't doing it and doing it often enough. So I think get creative. What's going to make you stand out? How can you showcase that narrative? How can you 
document various elements of your life. I, I think how can you do so in a way where you're not being overly precious, which leads into the next point, which is consistency. I think on the consistency side, um, this is it's critical. I, I think you can't just check off like, oh, I made my content this month, but you should be doing this on a daily basis. And a little bit, we could dive into like what we feel is an optimal cadence and an posting cadence and rhythm across different platforms. But generally speaking, you just need to be consistent. Um, and if you're overly precious about the content you're creating, and even this goes for music, right? Like if you're only releasing music once a year, like in the early stages of your career and you're trying to build a fan base, you should be releasing music regularly because that's how you're going to right. engage and grow your fan base. Right. So the, the last bucket is like partnerships. And this is how can you co-create content um, or, or tap into existing communities that are filled with your target audience? Um, I think that goes for doing influencer collabs and finding cool ways to co-create content, whether this is like Instagram live split screen or zoom calls that you're recording or you're hitting the studio with somebody, um, whatever it may be, how can you co-create content with other influencers? And they don't have to be like major mega influencers. You can find people that are like at a similar size as you. And if you keep doing that and you get exposure in front of their audience, you're essentially like siphoning their audience to help them meet your fans. And over time you could get to doing collabs that make sense for bigger and better influencers. And then the, the last note there within partnerships is like, it's not just about influencers. There's, user-generated playlists on Spotify. There's different blogs. There's different media outlets. Um, building relationships with those different gatekeepers and those different online communities will also be incredibly valuable. And I think it's just a, a way in which you can tap into existing communities rather than having to start from scratch. Right, right. So I actually want to go back through the list that you said and kind of, you know, give a brief anecdote on how those things have manifested as an artist manager for me. Because as you were saying a couple of those things, I kind of thought, oh, this person did did that very well and it made it very easy for us to market them or this person did that very well. So the first thing you said was narrative. Um, and for the artists that I've worked with, the easiest ones to market were ones that really knew themselves. Um, I think knowing what you're marketing, a lot of it has to do with who you are as a person and what your music sounds like and what you want the world to see, you know? Um, you know, I'm thinking about a client right now. He is so, you know, authentic online and true to himself, people call him a rapper of the internet. And that's, I don't even think that's extremely accurate. I think he's just really honest and vulnerable online. And has he taken time to think about who he is um, online? Yes. But I think the main thing that he did was take some time to think about who he was in general. And then he was not afraid to show that online. Um, yeah. So when you said that, that kind of like clicked immediately to me. And then what was the second point you made? I think we said narrative content partnerships and consistency, but real quick on the narrative side too. I, I totally agree, man. Like at the end of the day, it's like you want this to stem from authenticity yeah. and you, it shouldn't be forced. So when you're doing that, rather than trying to figure out what's this contrived narrative going to be, I'd encourage you to really ask, what are you excited about? What do you feel makes you unique? Yeah. And kind of and go what do you value? In, inwards rather than trying to like, what are people going to like? Yeah, 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 exactly. That's also hard to keep up, you know? I mean, yeah. every I feel like everybody knows an artist that changed their brand dramatically after a couple of years, or they seem like a different person. Um, one person that I loved a lot, um, and I still I still like his music a lot, is Asher Roth. You know, he came mm. out with with I Love College, and everybody yeah. was like, "Yeah, yo, let's get fucked up. Let's listen to Asher Roth and get fucked up." Asher yeah. Roth is just a good rapper. He's a very soulful rapper. So he came out with I Love College, and that made 
that may be who he was at the moment, but that's how you get pigeonholed, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, not to say anything about bad about Asher Roth. It just seemed like, you know, that was a divide from what his fans expected from him, which is some more like party shit. And then he totally just went into some I'm a good rapper shit. And mm-hmm. not everybody's going to stay with you during that transition, you know? So right. really think about who you are. So by the time you come out with your I Love College, it's actually who you are, <laughs> you know? And and that's totally. something that you're doing. Um, and I, you know, he maybe didn't do it for whatever. I, I don't know his intentions and I'm not trying to talk shit about him or anything, but just illustrating that divide and that um, it can be, it can be, you know, fairly deadly as a part of your career. Um, And then on the content part of it, content and consistency kind of go to go hand in hand. I've I've worked with a solid amount of artists who are afraid to put anything out on the internet about themselves. Um, So, you know, after you do get to know yourself, after you're like, these are the things that I value, these are the things I want to put forward to the world, you know, they can't hit that plus button on Instagram. (laughs) <laughs> or they can't they can't hit that tweet button on t- on Twitter because they're just it, they're just afraid to be vulnerable in front of people you know and um, the the re- the return I get back constantly actually is a very funny example that I always can shoot down is they say well look at Frank Ocean in particular like Frank Ocean didn't put anything out before he came out with such and such he just drops an album every now and then well to anybody thinking that Frank Ocean is a good Example, Frank Ocean, before Channel Orange came out, came out on Tumblr. <laughs> like, he came out on the internet. It, was, it wasn't just like, he was releasing music, and that did give him a lot of, and that was him, that, that goes hand in hand with his narrative, right? That, mm-hmm. that defined a very clear narrative for him. Um, and then, you know, when he was Frank Ocean, yeah, he took a step back, but he already built that, he'd already built that up. Um, and then, you know, that goes hand in hand with consistency. It's like, don't be, don't be too precious. And there's going to be some stupid shit you post. Like there's going to be some shit you put up, but you're like, all right, maybe this didn't make sense to post, but it's all a part of the process. And, and it not only helps you figure out who you are online, but it helps you figure out what sticks and what doesn't stick with your audience. And if you're being organic the whole time, then when you decide not to post about certain things, or when you decide not to portray yourself in a certain way, at least the things that you have left are still organic, you yeah. know? Um, and the last thing you said, um, collaborations, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, when they think of this, they think of, you know, like you're saying, connecting with influencers and obviously that can be a part of it, but you want to have people on your team that are your peers. Cause those are the ones that are going to be building with you. You know, um, I've seen people in New York, they collaborate so much on Instagram. I saw people, uh, I've, seen, I've seen people make songs together online and live stream it. And they're not even, they're not huge. They're still like very underground hip hop artists, you know, but those experiences, you know, for the day where they get bigger, people are going to remember, you know, like ASAP Rocky and his crew, ASAP Mob, they all weren't famous at the same time, but they were still fucking with each other and rolling together. You know what I mean? So it's not just, it's not just, uh, you know, influencers necessarily it's it's also you know your colleagues and the people who the people that you just think are dope that may not have that audience right now like connect with them work with them make music with them um because the sooner you cross pollinate those those audiences the better and the most beautiful thing i've seen is when people do that really early um and then everybody blows up together you know we've seen Mm -hmm. that time and time again you know all these people you're like oh shit yo smino and jid got on a track together 
oh shit, this on Rap Radar, that's tight. Yo, it's like Smino and JID been homies, bro. They've been cool for a right. while. You know what I mean? Like for sure. And that's that's how people that's how people grow together. That's how people build together. That's how my old company EQT. Um, that's how a lot of my lot of executives at the company got the connections they do now. They started mm-hmm. off meeting other interns, you know. Yeah. So, so and then those totally. interns became people at people at Spotify, people at YouTube. So um, really documenting when you when you connect with those people, whether that's artists, managers, whoever, and um, documenting your journey and the way you collaborate in organic ways is important. So I kind of just wanted yeah. to, you know, kind of say give give some of my own anecdotes there for yeah. sure. No, that one's huge, and I think another like really solid, incredible example is like Kenny Beats in the Cave. Like, I'm not sure if you've seen that show on YouTube. I mean, I know you have for sure. Yeah. Um, and shout out. Uh, yeah. One of my, there's an incredible episode featuring Kenny Beats and, and Zach Fox and shout out one of our, our listeners, uh, Ethan who man- and, and patrons who manages Zach Fox. Um, with that said, the show is based on the premise of Kenny Beats is this producer. Don't get me wrong. Very talented producer, but generally speaking, producers tend to be a little more behind the scenes than artists. I think that is like changing generally in the the music market right now. But even then, like still, he was kind of this producer. By launching this show, he'll essentially have a a singer rapper come through his studio and on the spot, Kenny Beats will cook up a a new beat, a fresh beat just for that artist and the artist will rap or freestyle over it. Mm -hmm. So in doing so, Kenny's profile, I mean, his YouTube channel is at like over 500K subs right now. He's been able to launch on Twitch during COVID and turn that into a recurring revenue stream because he gets subscriber revenue and uh, on a monthly cadence from yep. Twitch. Um, and I mean, with that, like he's literally just become one of the biggest and most pro- highest profile hip hop producers in the game right now, largely because of that show that was a clever uh, partnership centric, collab centric guest concept. Yeah, so I, I exactly. Think, uh, like that just another fantastic example exactly um so i want to i want to get even i want to get even more niche yeah i am let's say i'm releasing a song i don't know what to do next what is the very first thing that you suggest doing to help build momentum for that song the very first thing yeah i mean the, the very first thing is like those four things I just mentioned for starters. <laughs> Cause I, I, well, think, I, I, I know, that, I know that a lot of, actually, a lot of it just is the like, preface player. You got, you got to let me, you got to <laughs> let me lead into the answer. You're man. right. You're right. So I think when people are getting ready to release music, it's very, the success of your release is going to be built on top of the foundation you've created leading up to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's if you're if you haven't been if you haven't already thought about what that narrative is if you haven't been consistently creating and posting content if you haven't already been leaning into those partnerships you're going to be at a severe disadvantage. So I, I think right. one big mistake we often see is that a lot of different marketers, uh, managers, labels, artists wrap all of their their creativity around actual releases and neglect. The, the value of this ongoing marketing effort just to grow and engage your fans. I think whenever we're right. thinking about content and just kind of like our, our marketing objectives and our focus, it's, it always boils down into two. And even when I was describing kind of the definition of Knox, it's to grow and convert fans. Right. So first you need, and the way in which you grow is fundamentally different than the way in which you convert. So I think that the way in which you grow and engage your fan base is, fun content, showing who you are as a person, what's your narrative, bringing people into this story of who you are and what you're into. 
the convert it now now is kind of when we do start to answer those questions of how can we actually build up some excitement around this upcoming release so when we're thinking and mm. now that we've got that like disclaimer like out of the way yeah, and we right. do want to convert now i think it we really think about this in three distinct phases so first you it's tease launch and amplify so tease mm. Simply building hype and anticipation prior to the release of a song. This is snippets mm-hmm. of you in the studio, creating the song, cool artwork about the release, letting people know when the release date is, building up that excitement. So that way, when you when you actually do hit launch day, you, there's already this level of, of excitement from your fans. And it's not like, what's up? No, y'all may have missed me. New song. I also rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Here's my I think record. It's, Right. So it's really important to build that anticipation. I mean, you think about that with like movies too. It's when you're at a a movie, you're seeing trailers for those movies before they're released because they're trying to drum up excitement. So it's critical to to do that. The next phase is this launch phase. And I think launch phase, we really see this as like launch day, making sure you're coming very correct on launch day. So this is, um, are you uh, a couple specific things? Like, first of all, make sure you have like great content queued up for launch day. And this is not only just like a post on like Facebook and Instagram, but like if you look at major artists, they're changing out their their cover photos on Facebook and Twitter, because if they're going to be getting traffic to their profiles, they want to make sure that they're converting that traffic into awareness and streams on their new releases. Right. Also on, on, uh, Facebook. I I think people like need that stuff. And yeah, no, it's important. For sure. You can also pin posts on Facebook, on Twitter, on, on Spotify. You can do an artist pick and that pins the new release to the top of your profile. You can, um, I, I think if you have an email list or you have an SMS list, make sure you have a message set up for, for them. I think uh, uh, another thing is um, if you're running and, and planning on running ad campaigns, make sure you get those ad campaigns up and running the day you release the song. I think that how effectively like the, the first and this goes for any social platform and streaming platforms, the amount of engagement you're able to drive in the, the very early phases of a post or of a song being live is is a, a major factor on these algorithms. If, if Spotify sees that you drove a bunch of traffic, external traffic to Spotify the day the song released, they're going to be like, damn, we got to take the song seriously. And that will increase the likelihood that you're going to get a lot more organic distribution and exposure on Spotify. Um but then that does tail into this like amplify stage, which is last but definitely not least. It's um, in the same way you can't you can't let your song be this flash in the pan moment where you cross your fingers and hope it hits. Um, I think another fantastic example of this, and I'll actually like turn it back to you, Jordan, is like Goldlink and Crew. Like that song didn't actually go platinum and really pick up until months. If that, I think a year later is when it actually like hit that platinum status. So before I let you kind of dive into that story, I think for you guys listening, when you think about this amplify phase, it's like, how can you be creative and continuing to create content um, around the song? Maybe it's reposting content that other influencers or other friends or fans are creating, right? Reposting fan-generated content, encouraging, DMing fans. Hey, could you make a video about the song so I could repost it on my profile? If you do that, then it's like a domino effect and other people might start to do it. This is continuing to run ads, making sure you're, you're optimizing and, and, and making optimizations on your ad campaign around what ads and audience targets are working best. But moral of the story is that it doesn't stop after launch day. That's really just the beginning. So like, you want to speak to how that happened with Goldlink? 
Yeah, yeah. So um, Goldlink was this uh, unique case because we kind of, you know, we, there was obviously some push and Derek could speak better to this in the episode that he has, but there was some push at, uh, for Crew the December, I think it came out December around there when it came out, but um, a lot of it was um, kind of recognizing culturally how important it was and then making moves to complement how, you know, as it was getting culturally bigger. And like you're saying, the entire process at that point was amplified. So it was like, okay, the record's out. Um, when should we push this on radio? When does it make sense to do that? Um, you know, even, you know, where's the song going to be? And this is a lot of the gold link. Where's the song going to be in the line, in the lineup of the song that you play when you're on tour or um, just asking yourselves a lot of questions and kind of being like, when does it make sense to kind of pull the trigger on some of these things? When does it make sense to do a remix with Gucci Mane? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like all of that was Amplify afterwards, you right. know? Um, and, and it, it goes hand in hand with in my opinion obviously your response so amplifying it is very important but if, if it feels like and i think it felt it felt like this would prove it feels like the fans are amplifying it in similar ways to you are as it seems like almost like your audience and you are working as a team and you don't even really know it and that's when you yeah. really get that's when you really get a spark and i think that's exactly what happened you know you had mm -hmm. you had you had people on on management and on the label working really hard to to continue to amplify the record but then you also saw a response from people i saw i i listened to that song so many times on the street just hearing people play it in their cars <laughs> you know what i mean um and those things those things matter you know i think that's why right. people like drake are so big when drake comes out with a record in the summer you hear it everywhere you you know you know it's culturally important at least for some records, I'm thinking about zero to hundred in particular, like that whole summer was zero to hundred when that came out, you know, four yeah. or five years ago, you know? Yeah. So it's, um, it's paying, it's, you know, amplifying, at least for me, it's, it's not just amplifying on your end, but recognizing, um, you know, when it makes sense to amplify and how you're going to do it based off of the interactions with your fans that you've got so far. Yeah, um, for sure. And I want to kind of give a shout out to an artist called uh, Yourself. I went to college with him. It's Y-O-U-R-S-Z-L-F because I think he had a super interesting way to kind of start his career. Um, a lot of his music is very self-aware and it's very, it's very, um, you know, internal. Um, and it's a lot about, it's a lot about his, his personal struggles, you know. Um, and one of the things that he did was on his Instagram and he has no marketing budget. He just took pictures of people's scars and then did hashtag show yourself and then put the story of, of how they got the scar on his Instagram. So they all have like their own unique aesthetic and it'll say like, this is my boy Pio. He got a scar by doing this, this, and that. Um, show yourself. I got a show coming, yada, yada, yada. Or, yeah. um, you know, this is so-and-so. They got a scar doing this. And it was a picture of, of the scar on their hand. Um, so it doesn't need to be like this all around thing where you're like, Oh, man, I got to like stay in the crib for three days and figure out like what to put on my Instagram. You know what I mean? A lot of it is just, you know, he literally did that based off of his name, you know? Yeah. So um, he's also an avid podcast listener, been listening since the beginning. So shout out to yourself. But, um, it, uh, you know, as, as, as long as it feels cohesive and it feels like there's a story with it, like it doesn't need to be some huge marketing campaign yeah. where you're outside shooting with 4k 5k video cameras and, and then cutting clips up and putting it on your instagram you know right um so one yeah. other what yeah no and i love that point it's spot on i mean finding those ways in which you can really create the sense of community and connection with your fan base and like right joint pride is is super valuable um i think one other thing that's really valuable in the, the amplify stage of a, of a release is like um i mean music videos are interesting because 
you can release a music video, you can release a lyric video, you can release an acoustic live video. Um, there's all these different opportunities to continue adding fuel to the fire around those releases. And even in our, in this example, like there's two artists we've worked with that are like signed artists. Um, one was JP Sachs. He released this song, If the World Was Ending, and we helped him shoot this live acoustic video where he was um, just playing the song on a piano. Um, they'd already released a, an official music video and lyric video, but this was just an acoustic live video to keep adding that fuel to the fire. And since then, that video has gotten over a million views and that song has gone platinum. And there's a similar right. strategy for like Chelsea Cutler. She released a song uh, with Jeremy Zucker, You Were Good to Me, did an acoustic live video shoot that can be a slightly cheaper thing than doing a full on music video, but is a great way just to keep continuing to add on content that can amplify the the music in a, or a fun organic way. And that, I mean, that's uh, for, you were good to me that helps catapult that record to be Chelsea Cutler's first gold record. Yeah. And I think something that you deal with Chelsea Cutler too, is um, you made a lot of content before you knew anybody was going to watch it because people, you know, you need a trail of content yeah. for people to find when they find you. It's not just like when I get big, I'm going to start posting on Instagram. It's, it's, it's the exact opposite. It's like, let me, let me, you know, even if people aren't paying attention, even if the first TikToks you put out have, you know, a hundred and something views or the first Instagram post you have have 10 something likes, you need an archive of things to go back to in order for people to, to, to really have, um, you know, something to feel like they can invest in once they go to your pages, once they, once they yeah. go into your music, you know, it's just, it's just, it's the same thing with, with music. You can't say like, yo, I'm a, I'm gonna start putting out a bunch of music when, when I get famous. Like this, it's a similar concept. Like right. that doesn't make sense, right? You need to yeah. you need to put out a lot of music for people to find you. You need to have a good a, a back catalog of music that people can invest in when they find you. You know, it's a similar totally. thing with socials, in my opinion. So, and I think yeah. I think you I think you guys um you you I think you guys handled that really professionally for her at Knox. So yeah, appreciate that, man. Yeah. Um. Cool. Cool. So um. I want to get a little bit into more of this launch phase because I feel like we have talked a lot about the Amplify at this point. We've talked about a lot the foundation. What does the launch look like? What is what is a really great launch look like from the perspective of uh, the co-owner of a digital marketing company? Yeah. So, I mean, like launch as we define it is launch day because Amplify is this kind of continued promotion post-launch. Right. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's having all your ducks in a row so you can come correct on launch day. So that's if you're doing PR campaigns, um, you're having that PR activate on the day that the song comes out. If you're, um, you're pushing things out across your own socials, you have ad campaigns up and ready to go. If you're doing influencer placements um, or, or paying for influencer shout outs, those are going live on release day. Right, um, right. It, it's really trying to get all your ducks in a row so that come release day, you can just make sure that like, because you're, you're trying to get the dominoes to fall and, and have this big domino and snowball effect. So I think the uh, being able to start it off right from the jump is a great way to increase the likelihood that it really does snowball. So I, I think right. it's, first domino has got to fall. Yeah. And you want that first domino yeah. to be like a big domino. And, and right. <laughs> thud. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I'd say that, I mean, that's the most important thing. But then with that said too, it's like, uh, Launch, I don't, you could almost argue that like Amplify is more important of a phase than like launch right. day because how you continue right. to promote is what will largely dictate the success of the record. So I think come correct on launch day, but make sure 
that is just the beginning of this long phase of amplified uh, amplification, continued promotion, because that's where uh, it's really going to make the difference as far as like, you're not Drake. You can't just assume that like <laughs> instantaneously, if you like drop a song is hitting the billboard charts tomorrow. Right. Right. It's almost like you're launching for the amplify. <laughs> like launching yeah. is on the way to amplifying as opposed to yeah. like this huge, big step itself, you know? Precisely. Precisely. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah, man. Um, I think that's kind of like all I have on my end. Let me check these notes real quick and, and just make sure because I just want to make sure we're doing the people right. You know, um, you got a you got an article coming out soon. Um, and I'm really excited about that because it's kind of the first your first foray into into writing articles. And, you you know, you're giving this knowledge out for free to people. And I'm really excited about it. So um, if you want to just kind of give a rundown of what that's about and, and some of the keys in there, I think that'd be great. Yeah, for sure. Now, this article is one I'm really excited about because this is something that we've been doing internally at Knox. Um, I mean, the, the title is Eight Themes Amongst Top... And this is working title. This will be released by the time <laughs> we release this podcast episode, but Eight <laughs> Themes Amongst Top Performing Social Media Content um, for Musicians. So this is... Uh, you can read the full article on our blog, weareknox.co slash blog. So W-E-A-R-E... N-O-X dot C-O slash blog. Um, you'll be able to see it there. But in essence, uh, we use this software called CrowdTangle, um, which is really powerful because it allows us to analyze content, not only of the artists whose profiles we manage, but of any artist who has a public Instagram profile. So we can see anytime they make a post, how well that post performed relative to the other posts they made in the past 30 days. So what we can start to do is we can start to generate very meaningful insight around like, okay, um, we're seeing across 20 different hip hop artists of the 15 highest performing pieces of content, a lot of them share this same theme or the same trend. So how can we extract it and glean insights around what those themes are and what those trends are that we can ultimately use to inform our content strategy? And I think one big distinction here is like, if you look at like TikTok, these are very ephemeral, quickly passing trends, right? A, a trend on TikTok can be hot today and not hot tomorrow. Don't get me wrong. I, I do think like if you can quickly respond to a trend on TikTok and come up with a unique concept, your chance of going viral on that platform skyrockets tremendously. But that's not what this article about is about. These are much more timeless trends and themes that are shared amongst top performing over indexing content that you can really use to inform the, the content you're creating as an artist. So I'll, I'll share a couple of the, um, of our favorite ones and then let you kind of dive in. Um, a lot of these might not necessarily be rocket science, but they are things where if you're consistent in paying attention as you're brainstorming content ideas or, or thinking about what, do I, what do I want to post today? If you refer back to this list, this can help spur in, uh, inspiration and do so in a way that's grounded in content themes that consistently and objectively over-index. And I want to make um, sure they hear uh, where to find it one more time. So can you, can you can you just say that one more time for people? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Weareknox.co slash blog. So that's W-E-A-R-E-N-O-X dot C-O slash blog. Got it. Um, so I think one of the first ones is um, vulnerability is key. Um, and I'll just read the expert excerpt straight from the, the article. Human connection occurs through vulnerability. You have to let your guard down and give people an opportunity to understand who you really are. 
Social media so often tends to become this place where everybody's in a never-ending highlight reel of their own life. These are the photos I took where I look the best. Here's me only doing the coolest things. But when you or an artist gets truly vulnerable, you see them pull back the curtains. Vulnerability means speaking to the challenges, the failures, um, the here's where I was in my life when I wrote this song. Vulnerability ultimately creates this deeper connection with your audience. And it doesn't need to be a sob story. It can just it just needs to be a new level of depth. Instead of like, hey, this is me golfing yesterday. Like it can be like golfing is something I used to do with my dad all the time. And it's something because I cherish because it helped us create this beautiful relationship. This is one of my fondest memories. Like the difference in framing of those two posts and pulling the curtains back to get vulnerable like that is a game changer. So um, I'd say that's one thing. And even whenever you're posting a random picture, think about how you can get more vulnerable and tie it to, to some deeper level of authenticity in your life. Um, I'd say one, uh, two other quick ones. Um, one is like celebrating milestones, whether it's 1000 streams, 10,000 followers, 50,000 streams, a hundred thousand streams. There's, there's all these different moments, one, 10, 50, a hundred, 500, 1 million, um, like where you can celebrate these milestone moments. It can be streams, it can be followers, but by you celebrating these moments and calling them out with your audience, it's giving your audience an opportunity to celebrate their contribution and their fandom with you, right? They, they want to feel as yeah, if their, their fandom is, is going towards this greater cause and you being able to celebrate those milestones with them gives them an opportunity to do that. So I think a prime example of that is um, 10, 11 years ago. I don't know. You could probably look this up, but J. Cole celebrated when he got 500 Twitter followers. It was, yeah. it was like J. Cole obviously is one of the most famous rappers alive right now, but even he got 500 Twitter followers. It's like, oh shit, thank everybody. You know what I mean? And now everybody knows when they were, when they were following J. Cole. You know? Yeah, for sure. Thousand percent. Um, yeah. And exactly. I mean, even he did it when he was small and now it's only grown since. And the fact that like that, but those first 500 people that remember that tweet are like his truest fans and biggest yep. ambassadors that have helped him continue to grow and reach those new heights. Um, I'd say the last one I'll mention here, you can definitely read the rest of it on the article is like, to the extent that you can showcase asp aspirational traits. So when I say this, this doesn't mean like creating FOMO and surface level aspirational traits. I think this means playing to um, aspirational traits like hard work, consistency, ambition. I think um, there's a really interesting video that is linked up in the article too, where Lizzo is speaking about her fitness journey and how she's working to be consistent and shows these videos of her being consistent and essentially ties together multiple workouts into to one little montage video. Um, her being able to speak to the challenges, but more so her ambition and her ability to be and work towards consistency was really powerful. I think people, if they see people speaking to these aspirational traits, hard work, consistency, and they like it, it elicits this feeling of the, of the fans sharing that trait that they want to have. So I, I think if you're able to show that you're working hard, you're giving people an opportunity to engage and endorse your hard work. And it almost makes them feel like they're working harder too, just because they get to see and support the fact that you're working hard and they're in that, that sphere. So I think, think about and showcase those, those, those aspirational traits. Yeah. Maybe you can find those ways to, to like quote unquote flex, but I'd encourage you to go even a level deeper and speak to the, 
what are the, the true aspirational traits that really will make you successful that people um, love to talk about, but might not always actually like be about. So showcase that you, you not only talking about it, but you're being about it. And uh, I think your audience will, that will encourage engagement and support and growth. That's awesome, man. I, I feel like I need to read this article now. I know we know each other and I can get the keys from you directly, but I might, I might look it up myself. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I might get a little peep exactly. myself. Maybe she get a little LinkedIn share or something, you know? <laughs> okay. Okay. I see. There <laughs> you know what I'm saying, player? Um, but yeah, man, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really glad we got to do this host chat. It's obviously always great speaking to you for any occasion. So um, if anybody wasn't convinced, well, now they are. Sam is 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 a is a real homie, one of my best friends, and and also incredibly smart. And I'm glad we got to do this do this deep dive and share a little bit more of our history, especially for the new listeners that uh, that have listened to the podcast recently since quarantine or the beginning of the year, whenever you decided to join. So, I appreciate that, man. And uh, I feel, uh, I mean, you you a decent friend. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. You my I'm boy, not. bro. It, it's I'm all not. love. <laughs> no, no, it's hard to follow up that, man. But it, it's all love and. Uh, Appreciate you greatly, man. I know I've learned a lot from working with you and uh, excited to keep doing all this good stuff and the, the podcast, bringing the news to the, the people and really just trying to help all our listeners thrive. I will add one last thing too. It's like if, if you want to dive deeper, if you're working at a label or a management company or you're an artist and um, you think you could use some support or whether it's in, in creating content, running ad campaigns, running socials, um, don't hesitate to reach out on our website. Uh, WeAreNox.co, W-E-A-R-E-N-O-X.co. There's a contact button on the homepage. Would love to learn more about what you're up to and see if there's a way in which we could support and collaborate. Um, and with that, with that said, too, I mean, if you guys ever have any questions, I'll hesitate to, to slip up in the DMs, too. We're here yeah, for y'all. Um, we really do thrive and, and get a lot of energy from helping you guys grow and prosper. So it's uh, one team, one dream. Uh, we out here together, and we love y'all. Absolutely. And I want to thank all the patrons so far. And, um, you know, something really exciting happened recently. Uh, a patron just subscribed on our $20 tier. So he got access to our discord, but he actually sent me um, a press release for his music and asked for my opinion on it. And I not only gave him his opinion, I actually wrote a second draft and was kind of like, this is what it would look like if I thought that it hit the certain points that I said in my critique. So I just say that to say uh, for our patrons and anyone interested or slightly interested and being a patron on our Patreon, like we are invested in you. And I, I really love helping people. And I really especially love helping people that have decided to take that leap and, and invest in us. And it's really important. And trust me, you'll get your value. Like if you want, if you want to tell me what your market plan is or Sam, what your market plan is, like we'll go through it with you. You know, we're invested in people who invest in us. So I just want to say thank you to all, all of our patrons uh, so far. And if you want to subscribe, you can do it two ways. You can go to patreon.com slash music business podcast, or you can head to our website and go to music business podcast.com slash community. So I uh, just wanted to shout that out in case anybody was on the edge. You know, we, we, we talk, we get, we, we check in with each other, give each other vibe checks, ask what the music we're listening to is. And uh, it's, it's really a great space to be in. So, yeah, it's all love. Well, hope to see y'all in there. And uh, you know where we'll be next week. Back in your ears. <laughs> Pe peace and love. We appreciate y'all. Until right, next time. See you guys.